主我们满心的感谢你我们一同聚在你自己的面光中我们求你扬起脸来用你脸上的荣光照亮我们主我们也愿意敞着我们的脸来与你有交通主啊在今天 Lord, may your spirit have freedom in this Lord, in this dark generation. Lord, we want to offer you a service that is pleasing to you. May your entrustment be held fast within all of the churches. Lord, we commit this time into your hands. Lord, we need your presence. Lord, we need you in our midst. Lord, may the speaking and the hearing be underneath your anointing. Lord, may you hear our prayer. We pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Before we begin, I'd like us to look at a few passages of Scripture. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. 第三章第一节，你该知道末世必有危险的日子来到。But Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. Verse 8. And just as Danes and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth, men of depraved mind, rejected as regards the faith. And verse 10. But you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance. And verses 14 through 17. 
并且知道你是从小明白圣经，这圣经能使你因信基督耶稣有得救的智慧。圣经都是神所默示的，与教训、督责、使人归正、教导人学义都是有益的，叫属神的人得以完全预备行各样的善事。You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The fourth chapter, and we'll continue on to chapter four, verse two. 勿要传道，无论得时不得时，总要专心，并用百般的忍耐、各样的教训、责备人、警戒人、劝勉人。Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. 第五节 ，Verse five. 你却要凡事谨慎，忍受苦难，做传道的功夫，尽你的职分。But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. We on the first afternoon we shared on how service is for the entrustment of God. Our service needs to come from the entrustment of God. Or otherwise, our service will be in vain. So we talked about a servant. So one who wants to serve God, he must first understand what God's entrustment is. Understand first of all what is God's entrustment. And then secondly, we have to accurately work according to that entrustment. And thirdly, we have to be faithful to that entrustment. Of course, it is important that we understand what the entrustment is. I think we all know what that entrustment is. Ah, brother spelled it out to us clearly this morning. He has entrusted to us the testimony of Jesus. And this is an entrustment of utmost importance. He has given us the gospel. He has given us the true word. And these are all referring to our Lord Jesus Himself. But we have a problem here. Can we accurately work according to this entrustment? And when the environment changes, can we remain faithful to this entrustment? And of course, these two things、uh, cause us great、um, conflict. It's a challenge. 
And it's also an important testing. As we're serving the Lord here today on earth. Uh, of course, we know that things don't always go smoothly. Because there is this great opposing force that is looking to destroy and break. So in Second Timothy, Paul says, he reminds Timothy that in service we have to avoid certain mistakes. We know that a faulty service will cause God's entrustment to run empty. If you read church history, we see generation after generation many churches falling into this, this, these mistakes. And we see that the testimony is lost and the entrustment runs empty. Even in the first century, that church was greatly opposed by the enemy. And into the second century, and we see the condition of that church was lessened compared to the first generation. And in the generations after that, we see that the saints could no longer hold fast to that entrustment. And of course, the church entered into the period of Catholicism. And much darkness. And this lasted as long as a thousand years. And so we see that this flawed service leaves the church in this dire situation. So, brothers and sisters, in regards to service, not only do we pay attention to the condition of our spirit, not only do we consider whether we are a useful vessel to the Lord. Concerning these wrongs, we have to have a spirit of discernment. So for one who wants to serve the Lord, spiritual discernment and judgment is very important. We know our, our enemy is very Crafty. Um, even in Genesis chapter 1, we see he uses all his effort to destroy the work of God. Those who understand Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 will know that God created a beautiful heaven and earth. But we know that 
The fallen angels have caused this creation to become formless and void and full of darkness. And we know that this is this is what the enemy continues to do. Whenever the work of the enemy enters the church, we see that the condition of that church becomes formless and void and full of darkness. And I think some of you meeting at different locations have this this feeling within you. So that when these wrong things come into the church, it causes the church to be in chaos. So in regards to service, we have to avoid certain mistakes. So in church service, Service is not only to build up the body of Christ. Of course, on the positive side, this is what we are doing. But because we know that the enemy is at work as well, so service becomes a certain kind of a warfare. Service is, is a conflict or warfare. And so Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God. Because there is a warfare here. And we have to hold fast to the Lord's testimony. We have to keep that entrustment. And so there is a conflict here. Service becomes warfare. And not only thus, in service we stand in, in like a crack and we're sealing the, the leaks. Because there are leaks and cracks in in the church, we have to to fill that. It's like during the time of Nehemiah when the outer wall was broken. And so all these people with different backgrounds and occupations came in. So Nehemiah rose up and rebuilt the wall. And once that wall was rebuilt, then we see all these, these random people can't come in. <laughs> These vendors can't come in. Because they want to maintain this holy worship within. 
So that outer wall was very important. In our church service today, is that outer wall broken? Does it have cracks? So those who serve have to stand in those cracks and fill that gap. Remember in Nehemiah's time, they held the weapon in one hand while they did the work of rebuilding. And we feel that service in the church is is this way today. Not only, not only are you doing the work of building, but at the same time you're holding a sword and you're ready for warfare. So service requires that we stand in that crack. And of course, also, we know that service requires us to, to revive Revive the whole situation. And we see on the outward surface how a lot of the things have become um, chaotic and darkened. And God uses these workers to recover that situation. For, for example, we all know in church history there was a man, Martin Luther. A thousand years of darkness, he had to recover that. So brothers and sisters, as we're called today to serve our Lord, we have a great responsibility that the entrustment of our Lord be held fast. In service, we have to put in our portion. And we have to be faithful. We have to avoid certain mistakes. We have to be faithful to God. In, throughout church history, we see this situation. When a man wants to be faithful towards God and does not care about what others think, they pay a great price. But this price they pay is worthwhile. So may the Lord have mercy on us. We know that the return of the Lord is near. Our opportunities are few. May the Lord raise up those that are faithful in the different churches. And may the Lord bring us out of these, these wrong conditions. We know that we are living in the last days. And even Paul talks about in the last days. And he speaks of difficult times. Difficult times will come. Actually, 
In the original Greek translation, it speaks of fierce times. I feel like this is true. We are living in a very fierce time. The enemy is targeting the church. Wherever a group of saints wants to hold fast to the testimony of the Lord, the enemy targets them with much ferocity. Brothers and sisters, this is a very difficult time. I remember 30 years ago when I first arrived in Seattle. And I was young then. I was only in my 30s. And I had a heart for the Lord and I wanted to serve Him in this place. But we know that the enemy is not willing. He brought up many difficulties. I'm going to speak of some, some past things, and I think it's okay now. Because this certain brother has already gone to the Lord. And because we did not respect him, uh, he became angry with us. And it was a situation where I had no choice. And I really upset him and he became angry. And one time he came into my house. He was very angry. And because my mother loved me, <laughs> she stood in between us. She, she shoved my mother aside. And she was thrown against a chair and broke her spine. And he put his hand in his pocket. And he was really angry. And when he returned, he told his wife, You should go see what I did at his house. Because he, he had a knife in his pocket. He, was, he, was, he wanted to kill me. Brothers and sisters, at that time, there were very few people in our meeting place. So sometimes when I come back before the Lord, I'm, I'm sorrowful. Lord, I'm so young. I have no experience. I have but a small desire to serve you. But dust on the table. All the enemy needs to do is wipe us away. 
But Lord, I want to hold fast your testimony. If we have but a small ounce of desire to serve the Lord, the enemy is unwilling. And he will engage us with his full force. And then a few years later, and then a few years later, um, I met with some brothers and sisters and we prayed. And we had some spiritual pursuit. And I was facing um, the I was my back was towards the window. When I knelt to pray, I felt like someone pierced me in the back of the neck. And I didn't I didn't feel any anything else and so I went home. And that afternoon, I, I got in my car to run some errands. And I still remember that road in Seattle was a curvy road. And then all of a sudden, on that road, I, I felt dizzy. And it was a busy road. And I couldn't hold on to the steering wheel. By the mercy of the Lord, I pulled over. And I was, I was completely dizzy. And I was clear on one thing. It was the attack of the enemy. It's like Satan mocking me, saying, you're such a small person, what can you do? What can you do? So he, he poked me. It's like when we discipline our kids, we, we poke them. And so I, I got myself checked out the next day. They checked me out and there was nothing wrong with me. And then in the afternoon, things it was back to normal. There was nothing wrong with me. And until today, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Some were worried I might have a tumor, but there was, it was nothing. And I'm very clear that the enemy is unwilling to let us go. So brothers and sisters, on the Lord's testimony and His entrustment, we have to march forward. In the environment that our physical eyes cannot see, the, the eyes of the enemy are upon you. So Paul speaks of these difficult times, these dangerous times. And when we serve the Lord, it's, it's not roses and sunshine all the time. 
今天早晨我听见我们年长弟兄讲到的时候，我心里十分的受感动。And so when our elderly brother stood up to speak this morning, I was very moved. 这个真见证的托付是多么沉重的一件事情。This entrustment of Jesus' testimony, what a heavy burden. But of course, we don't need to fear. We know that our Lord is victorious. He can protect us. So we ought to bravely advance forward. But he speaks of these last days and the difficult times. And we can't speak on this in detail, but I'm going to point out some things. In this passage of scripture, in the first part of verse 2, it says, For men will become lovers of self. They will be very selfish. This is the work of the enemy in the end times. He might not even do anything to you on the outside, but if he causes you to love self, then the entrustment is gone. And we know that even many of the doctrines in the church today cause man to become selfish. The focus becomes on relationships between husband and wife and parents and children. Of course, these are teachings in the Bible. But then the church becomes for our benefit and God's work for us. And I met someone recently and I shared the gospel with him. He said, he said, right, my wife needs this. You know, don't preach to me first, preach to her first. I was like, why? He said, he said, change my wife first. And then he'll, be, he'll have a benefit. We are very selfish. But we know that even in service, there are many that are self-centered. And this is a danger. And then it also speaks of um, this form of godliness. Uh, verse 5, this form of godliness but denying its power. And so when we, when we meet, we have to meet and there has to be reality. And not just an outward form of godliness. And we see in the church today many forms of godliness. And this word here in verse 5 is, is directed towards women. And he speaks of certain women that are easily entangled in these things. And then he also speaks of those that oppose the truth. They oppose the truth. 
所以你把这一段话读一读的时候，你发现保罗给提摩太的这一个提醒，也正是今天地上教会所需要。So as you carefully read this passage of scripture, you find that the reminders to Timothy also apply to us today. 其实我们从呃整个新约圣经里面来看。But of course, if you look in the whole New Testament, 主耶稣和其他的使徒们也都非常重视这件事情。The apostles and our Lord Jesus Himself paid attention to these things. 马太福音二十四章里面，我们看见主耶稣就呃在那里警告门徒们。We see in Matthew chapter twenty-four, the Lord warns the disciples. 将来在末后的时代的时候 ，He speaks of these end times. 我们只能重点的讲一点。他说呢，很多虚假的东西会出来代替真实的。And he talks about how these false falsehoods will run rampant and take over the truth. 哎，有的人呢，自己陷在迷惑里面呢，也迷惑别人。你看。And he speaks of how those that are deceived also deceive others. 那爱神的心变得冷淡。Speaks of how the love of God, love for God, will grow cold. 不关心神的事情。And how we become Numb to the things of God. 还有属灵的感觉上面呢，慢慢变得麻木。And we're numb to spiritual things. 大家昏睡。And how we're asleep. 对属灵事情没有感觉。We have no feeling towards spiritual things. 给对着门徒们提到末世的一些情况。This is a reminder from our Lord Jesus Himself to the disciples. 彼得也是一样，在彼得后书第二章里面。And Peter in Second Peter chapter two. 保彼得甚至告诉我们，将来在地上教会里面会出现很多假师傅、假先知。In two verse one, he warns us that there will be false teachers and false prophets. 啊，人的良心呢也是变得麻木。啊、uh, ，He speaks of how. Man's conscience and man's heart will be numbed. Ah, 好像连罗德都赶不上 In chapter two, verse eight, it says we can't even keep up with Lot. 罗德住在索多玛，看见人家天天犯罪，心里面很伤痛 Lot, who lived in Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as others sinned, became sorrowful. 今天我们所处在的这个世界，全世界都落在那个淫乱，都落在这个这个败坏的里面 And today, the world we live in is corrupt and fallen. But today, many Christians have no feeling. But many Christians don't even have any feeling. Ah, we see that now in the United States, this corruption is becoming more and more prevalent. And Can we? Does our conscience not even keep up with Lot? Uh, there are certain servants of God that pursue after. They pursue after the wages of wrongdoing, and and Peter uses stern words. Peter said, "Will someone use fire to judge?" And one day God will use the fire to judge. And also in the writings of John. In First John and in Revelation, we see. He speaks of this antichrist that will appear. Ah, we know this. This this word is direct. The focus of the enemy is to oppose the Son of God. Ah, when the end of the age comes, the enemy is strong. In the end days, the appearance of Babylon will be manifested. And this will bring about a great chaos. And in Jude's writings, we see very stern words. 
And some have complained that my my words are too stern. And I tell them, have you read the words of the apostles? Their words, their warnings are very strong. And some of their words we don't even dare to preach today. Carefully read their words. They have very stern words. And why did these apostles give us such strict warnings? First of all, because they never forget the price that our Lord Jesus paid on the cross. And people try to make the church a, a lax environment. We forget the suffering and death of our Lord on the cross. What a heavy burden he paid for us. The first century apostles had a deep impression of these things. If Jesus paid such a great price and what we have is, is just a relaxed, casual atmosphere, then he paid too great a price indeed. So, so this morning, Brother Kong asked a very heavy question. Do we truly recognize what the church ought to be? Do we understand the meaning of the church? You need to look at Christ's death next to the building up of the church. Then you realize that to build the church is not what we imagined it to be. So when these first century saints saw a slight deviation from the course, then they could not take it. They saw that if the church even deviated slightly, then God's purpose and will would be lost. But today, we only focus on ourselves. The church has to be catered to me. Isn't this a very dangerous um, a wrong? And so when these saints, these early saints were placed with that entrustment, then they were very stern, serious. And when they saw these mistakes, they were very stern towards them. So, brothers and sisters, today the Lord has already implored the, the church that we need to be faithful to His entrustment. May the Lord have mercy on us that in this short time we will hold fast to the entrustment He has given us. 
to serve him according to his desire. When I read the Bible, in Ezekiel, there are some some short recordings that have a that left a deep impression in me. And most of us, when we read these, we probably overlook them. There is a recording in Ezekiel chapter 44 and then also 48. It was the period of exile. When the whole situation was very chaotic. And everyone was was in a very dangerous situation. It speaks of how the sons of Israel had gone astray. And even the Levites had gone astray. And this is an important reminder to us today. In the end days, most of the children of God will go astray. And we know that these movement of the masses are a very strong force. And when these these wrong ideas become a massive force, then it's hard to be a testimony for the Lord. And even more terrible is that these who serve the Lord had gone astray. It speaks of how they left God. We thank the Lord that in this terrible environment, there was a small household. And it speaks of the sons of Zadok. Who was Zadok? And we know that he was a high priest during the period of David's reign. And at this point, it was already the tenth generation after Zadok. Because Zadok was faithful to the Lord, he influenced his descendants to the tenth generation. In this terrible environment, they kept watch over the sanctuary of the Lord. In today's terms, they held fast to the entrustment of the Lord. They held fast to the church as a vessel for God's building. They heard God's voice. And so God honored that family. He remembered that family. And he blessed them abundantly. He says, they can draw near to me and sit at my table. And their inheritance, their allotment of land is right next to the temple. 
This, this group of people, we don't know who they are. They are nameless. But they had a heart and desire to serve the Lord. And this ought to encourage us. Most of us are probably nameless. And we don't need to be famous. What's more important is that we be like the sons of Zadok with a heart for the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters, I truly believe one thing. And when the Lord returns, when the Lord seeks to reward, there will be hundreds of thousands that we never recognize. And it's possible that those famous names in Christianity will have no place there. May the Lord have mercy on us that in this dark time that we might live before God like the sons of Zadok. That we don't care about the dark environment. And so Paul encourages Timothy when this environment becomes difficult and fierce, man will hold fast to the testimony of the Lord and serve him faithfully. And several things he mentions. And this is an important reminder to us as well. After he speaks of how terrible this time will be, he then reminds Timothy. He says, Timothy, you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and perseverance. And you know who you've learned from. He says, keep these in your heart. And so we have to... We have to have a good character as we pursue the Lord. We have to have moral excellence. And we have to pursue after these things. And we have to be um, separated from the people of this world. Don't be defiled by things in this world. In our morals, we have to pursue after um, the Lord. And then the second thing is we have to pay attention to God's word. We know that in today's generation and in every generation throughout history, God's word has never changed. 
We have to follow the light of God's word. And so Paul speaks to Timothy verse 15 of a wisdom leading to salvation. Can deliver us from many false teachings. And the scripture can, is profitable for uh, teaching and reproving and correction. And so the Lord has given us um, a pattern. And so we have to be diligent in the study of God's word. The third thing. We have to preach the word. Even though our environment changes, we have to diligently preach. We have to fulfill our ministry. And we know that in today's society, within the church even, it is very hard to say certain words. And it's not because we speak these words and people don't understand them. It's because certain people's hearts totally reject these words. And so to preach these words is a very difficult thing. And even many years ago, I met one who was a pastor. And he encountered, this pastor encountered an elderly brother from our group and he began to cry. He said, in my church. He makes me sweep the floors and clean the place. And when I preach, they tell me I can't preach on the topic of sin. Only preach on God's blessing. And he began to share these things and began to cry. And at the end of the year, they um, evaluate me. And after grading me, they deducted $500 from my salary. And when I heard this, I was grieved. What kind of church is this? What kind of a form is this? So, brothers and sisters, and this is actually pretty common. And we live in dangerous times. There are many fierce things. There are many things that will cause us to deviate from the way of the Lord. Satan uses his full force to destroy the work of the church. So the Lord needs to have mercy on us. We have to understand that God has chosen us with a purpose not just to redeem us from the enemy's hands not just to go to heaven 
He wants us to be a people he can entrust to. He has entrusted to us his desire. And so we ought to encourage one another that we be a one who is faithful to the Lord. Not only must our spirit be right, we have to pray that the Lord be able to use us. And we have to ask for the Lord's protection that we avoid certain mistakes. Perhaps some of you have um, thoughts or experiences on this. And for the sake of time, I'll stop here. And I wanted to give time to brothers and sisters to share from your experience. I just want to speak on a brief experience that I just had within the day. My brother was speaking of the many things that can lure us away. I had a wonderful experience after lunch. I met an elder sister in the Lord. We had a, uh, a deep discourse on the church and the things that are preventing the church from being fulfilled in these later days. And I asked this sister, why is it when I try to speak a little on those things that interfere in the work of the Holy Spirit? What do I need to do to help the younger brothers see? And she said, all, all that I can do is present the Lord Jesus Christ to them. And so, after she had to leave, I made my way out to the, the soccer field to take part in some recreation. And 
and the Lord convicted me. For not being a good representative and a displayer of Christ. The Lord asked me if I wanted to be remembered here as one who was playing soccer or one who was presenting the Lord Jesus Christ. So I had to go right away and put that thing that was blocking in the garbage. That is the way those elder apostles told the brothers to rid themselves of the things of this world that so easily entangle us. Even a natural thing as exercise and recreation has its roots in the world. And, and the Lord Jesus is not going to return as a professional athlete. Thank you. Um, I didn't prepare to share any of my testimony. But our brother shared that in the end time, it is a terrible time. And God is keeping his children to flee away from the attack of the enemy. Especially our brother mentioned about the honor and um, the usefulness of a vessel is not uh, depend on itself. The power of a vessel does not depend on itself. It is God himself who keeps his work. It is God Himself who keeps His children. Um, I would like to share with you my testimony. Hopefully, it is relevant to the topic that we have been discussing. In the past few years, I've been traveling to China to uh, to to uh, to teach classes there. About two years ago, I encountered some very, very unusual experience. 
因为在我们都到国内去培训那个时间是排得很紧的 When I need to go back to China, my schedule is really tight 因为在有安排在那个家庭教会的那些带领的人给他们在一些圣经真理上的一些帮助 I've been assigned to help a certain family church to help them to be rooted in the Bible 如果有五天的培训,他们都集中在一个地方,这五天都是关闭式的培训。Say if there's a five-day training, we will be pretty much like a lock-up in the place to have the five-fold days training. 每天早上那些从哥地来的那些同工们,他们早上五点就跪在地上来祷告。All the co-workers from the area will come to that place at around 5 a.m. in the morning, and they start the day with prayer. 然后他们在大概到七点的时候才去洗刷,然后吃一点东西。And until about 7 o'clock, they will go brush up and wash. 然后早上有四个小时的训练。and then they will eat their breakfast, and then we have five hours training in the morning. And in the afternoon, we have about four hours training. And and evening as well. Unlike us, we have comfortable chairs. They're only sitting on a bench with only one, two by four. They long for the word of God. For us, if we sit here for an hour, we complain. And they just sit on the bench for 10 hours and taking good notes. And at that time, I've been assigned to go to a certain place. Oh, for some reason, I hurt my back. This is my old wound. That, that time I wasn't living any heavy stuff, but for some reason I hurt my back again. There is the responsibility. And the co-workers are, are coming from all over the places. And I'm the only one assigned to that particular place. So I could not stop. So when I arrived, I began to share with them. I couldn't even stand on my feet. I have to lean on something. I couldn't sleep that night. Because I couldn't lay down. I can only lay on with my face down. And the next morning, I couldn't turn myself. Oh, I have to crawl down from my bed, and I kneel on the floor of the bed. 
and I have to use the chair as my crutch or walker to, to move around. So I pray to the Lord, Lord, what, what should I do? And I share that need with brothers and sisters and ask them to pray for me. I, I knew, I knew uh, they all pray for me. 那也没有，那那地方也没有合适的医生。There were no doctors。那我打电话，打长途电话回到洛杉矶去找一位弟兄。And I uh, call long, long distance back to Los Angeles。因为他他知道我的情形，他说请请他帮助到底要怎么样。Or to contact with a doctor and ask him, hey, what should I do？他说没有什么办法，就休息。No, you cannot do anything, just rest。但是我也不能休息。And I couldn't rest。那所有呃当弟兄姊妹这样为我祷告。so when brother and sisters pray for me, then I um, insist that I will continue to serve. And finally, we find someone who knows a little bit about uh, massaging, and he massaged me a little bit. After the massage, it gets worse the next day. So we just have to pray even more earnestly. The thing is that not only for that five days, but there will be more trainings after that five days. So I fellowship with the co-workers there. Hey, what should we do? And then we pray. And then after we, we pray, the co-workers told me, by faith, go ahead and purchase the tickets there. We'll pray for you. And there are brothers and sisters who fast and pray for me. So by faith, we purchased the flight tickets to the next station. So in the service, we live day by day. Since, we, since, I, since I could not stand, so they stack up the chairs so that I can sit higher and, and talk to them. And back then, I was sharing with them the books of Romans. On the fourth night, uh, I'm, I'm sharing with them the last two chapters of Romans. Uh, it talks about what, what kind of God that our God is. It is a God who gives power to the dead. It is a trustworthy God. Oh, so the more I talk, the more I'm excited. And I'm using my hand and motions. And I forgot my pain. All of a sudden, I recover completely. Oh, the next day, I was able to get up and uh, take the flight and go to the other destination. Uh, a brother gave me a, a fan. Oh, umbrella, umbrella, okay. Oh, use it as a stake or crutch to walk. 
so I arrive in other another place. 还晚上就坐一个晚上的火车到到一个乡下的地方去。And then I took a full night of train to a uh, a village. 结果在哪里又在讲到我们讲到我另外一个一个一个题目。and then I spoke on another topic in that place. And I saw the power of God on me. Not only I can uh, speak about the grace of God, but I've experienced the grace of God. And after the, the training, I lost my umbrella. And it has been two years, my back has not been, have any problem. I do see the power is from God, the grace is from God. I talk about it more time. When our brother opened the time today, I was amazed by the verses he read. Because this morning the Lord used many of those exact verses to really bring me through. Two years ago, where I meet, uh, where I gather with the saints in Virginia, uh, a wind of, of false teaching came in. And it uh, heavily influenced the, uh, a significant amount of the brothers and sisters. Uh, it even began to affect me. And the, the teaching was that there's a better way than the way that we've been going. That there's another way than the way of the cross. That there's something, uh, something else besides standing for the testimony. And these, these uh, brothers and sisters had many complaints. And they said, you talk of many things, but uh, where's the reality in your life? You preach about many high things, but where's the power in your life? So, even though I was almost swayed myself, the Lord used a verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3.14, um, just the, the phrase, remain in what you've been taught. From the, remain in what you've been taught. And the Lord spoke to me, He said, remain in what you've been taught from the beginning. And immediately I knew, that this way that I've been taught from the beginning 
is the right way. But the Lord showed me the reason I'm so easily swayed is because I'm not strong in His Word. Because I myself don't have a firm foundation. And neither did many of the brothers and sisters. So many were uh, taken out. And I wanted uh, uh, to prove that this is the way. And I began to study the scriptures. And I began to experience the power of the resurrected life. And began to overcome with boldness and preaching uh, the gospel, the full gospel. But over the last uh, two years, whenever I, I continue to try on this path, I find that I get some resistance. Uh, specifically within the church. It's very, uh, I don't, I haven't walked as I wanted to walk. But whenever I touch into it, just for just a moment, there's a lot of resistance. And right for a few months before the conference, before this conference, um, the enemy used some people very close to me. To try to crush me. To make me think that the, the things the Lord's been showing me that it's wrong. That this narrow way that he's begun to show me that uh, it's just a, a, a lawful religious thing that I've created. They want me to have a wider door. But the Lord uh, encouraged me uh, again this morning. To show me what he has entrusted to me and to the brothers and sisters. That he's revealed to us and shown us what is his eternal purpose. That he has shown us what is in his heart. That he's entrusted us with such a great thing. He's entrusted us with his testimony. And how I've handled it so carelessly. And because I'm still weak in the word and I don't really seek the Lord and know him in his word. The enemy can come in and just take me out. So the Lord encouraged me to press on in this way. To not settle for something than the to live in the full light that he's given me. To not compromise, but to follow the pattern of sound words that I see in the scripture. To see that it's not too extreme, but it's for all Christians. That this is the walk that we're to walk. So praise the Lord that He is faithful.
After hearing our brother for the last three days, I thought of two experiences. I attended a conference many years ago. And the first afternoon, uh, Brother Sun shared with us this clear conscience. We can only serve with a clear conscience. And this, I came to this conference. I, I went to a conference many years ago. I was um, responsible for translating. But at the time, my conscience was not very solid, and it had flaws. But I had to go up and translate anyway. And that uh, speaker had a very strong accent. And I knew I need to be very alert. And so time came and I walked up. And I was a mess inside. And he spoke a word, Lazarus. He is good. He has a clear conscience today. And my mind was clouded. Oh, and I thought he was saying garbage collect. In Chinese, the words sound similar. So I translated garbage man. And then he continued to speak. And he spoke of the garbage man in Abraham's bosom. And then all of a sudden, I focused. It wasn't, wasn't a garbage man, but Lazarus. And at least everyone laughed. And I thought to myself, how could I continue on? Because there was still an hour left. And so I prayed earnestly before the Lord. Lord, He repented. And I asked for a clear conscience. And at, while I prayed, I kept translating. And five minutes later, the Lord put a peace in my heart. And I could continue to understand his accent. And so our brother son mentioned how we need this clear conscience. And it is of utmost importance in our service. And my second thing I want to share is concerning our sister son's um, driving experience. 
Thirteen years ago, I came with um, a group of saints to Seattle for the conference. And these brothers and sisters were coming for the first time. And the Seattle group sent um, a brother who drove a van to pick us up. And he told us this is a really old car. And so we boarded the, the bus on, at the airport. And we were on our way to PLU. And after about 10 minutes, I forget the exact time. And then we heard this big bang. And then I heard the brother say, the gas is, is not working. And we were in the fast lane on the freeway. And so, so we pulled over quickly. And we, our brother tried many things to restart the car. And back then we didn't have cell phones. We didn't even know how to contact the police. But then a cop car pulled up behind us. And then the cop got out. Oh, usually the cop comes out, but we waited and he was still sitting in this car. And because I was one of the older ones in the group, I got out of the van. I walked to the cop and told him what happened. He told me he wasn't getting out of his car because this was a dangerous spot. He said, I'll contact a towing company, but you all have to get off. Cross the highway. And we looked at the, the All the cars were speeding by. And there was no way we could cross that. And then the police car drove off. And we asked each other, can we still go to the meeting? We were hoping that because there were many vans coming from the airport, that they would see us stranded by the highway. Then we learned something before the Lord. Then we said to each other, why don't we pray? We thought of all the other methods we could take. Why don't we try to pray? And I think the brothers and sisters were earnest. And we learned to cry out to the Lord. And after we prayed, we told our brother, why don't you try to drive again? And when he turned the ignition, it started. <laughs> and we told him, whatever you do, don't, don't stop. 
And he drove us to PLU. Drove us to the parking lot. And that car never ever started again. So like our sister shared yesterday, doesn't matter what kind of vessel we are, but that we come before the Lord to learn how to pray. And the Lord's abilities are greater than what we can do. These experiences allow us to, to give glory back to Him. I'll end my sharing here. I think there are probably many more of you that would like to share. But I want to apologize because our time is up. I think if you didn't get a chance to share your testimony during the afternoons, when you go back to your own assemblies, there is still opportunity. So don't hide your experience, but share it with others. Um, our time is up, and we'll, we'll stop here. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we are full of thanksgiving. Lord, little people like us, Lord, we amount to nothing. Lord, added up together, we are all but dust. And when we stand before our enemy, we are indeed weak. But Lord, yet you have called us to be test testimonies for you. So, Lord, we thank you. Lord, by your strength, protect the church. Lord, you have never abandoned us. And your eye is ever upon us. Lord, you neither tire nor slumber. Lord, you watch over your people night and day. Lord, we thank you. Lord, it is the faith that you have given us that allows us to follow you faithfully. Lord, in these difficult and dangerous times, Lord, strengthen us so that we can hold fast your testimony. Lord, may your entrustment be held fast in every locality. Lord, may your return bring in a glorious scene. Lord, in this short time, help us to be faithful to you. So that when you return, we will meet you joyfully. Lord, protect us. Deliver us from all these mistakes. And deliver us from this wicked time. Lord, we want to 
and trust everything back to you. Lord, we trust that you will watch over and protect every meeting place. Lord, may the words you have to speak to us in this conference become a light unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we give you the worship from within us. Lord, thank you for leading us with your abundant grace. Lord, we once again give you our thanksgiving. Lord, we ask that you would hear our prayer. We pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We'll end our session here.